All right, so we're going to start this new series, um, the Back to the Basics. All right, so we, we, we've talked about quite a few things. We've gone through Titus. We, we just finished up the book of Titus. We've gone through the book of Romans. Uh, we've done a lot of topical things. And so what I wanted to do is, specifically with this, is let's go back to the basics. All right, and, and let's just kind of start from the beginning and, and, and go from there. And so really the purpose of this is going to be just kind of an overview of some of the fundamentals that we know uh, in, in dispensational truth and some of the things that we want to make sure that we emphasize, uh, understanding those things in, in the particular context and where they, they sit. Uh, you know, one of the things that we've talked about before is uh, there, there's, there's information out there all over the, all over the world that just kind of, you kind of scratch your head and think, okay, well... You know, I don't know what this person's thinking, and what I want us to be able to do is 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 have an answer for what lies within us. Okay, and Paul talks about being ready to give an answer for 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 what we know, and so I want us to be able to to take some of these things and go go along with this. Uh, one other thing that I do want to mention is we we've you know in the past we did, and this was before Bruce came along. In the past, we did a a an evangelism class if you will and so there's some things based on some new information that that we've been talking about is uh changing some of those things uh to to match what 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 we need to be to be doing now so uh, not that it's bad or anything like that or that we've changed any of the doctrine or anything like that but there are some things that's going to change and so that's something that i'd like to be able to do again and uh, we'll see. We'll see when we can do that. But that's 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 kind of uh, an offshoot of this. All right. So today, let's start off talking about the gospel. All right. What is the gospel? The gospel's what? It's good news. All right. One of the things that we know is in in the scripture. That's what gospel is. It's good news. And so then, what we need to find out is there's this there's this idea that there's only one gospel throughout the entire Bible. And that's, that simply can't be true. And we'll take a look at some of those things. In fact, let's go real quick over to Galatians chapter 2, and uh, we'll get started here. All right, so Galatians chapter 2. Uh, notice here, we'll start off in verse 7. All right, Galatians chapter 2, verse 7. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, for he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to study your word. As we take a look at these, these basics, may we always be reminded of this is where it all starts. Uh, and, and if we come to, come to a conclusion that, that, that is false on some things that we need to come back to these to remind ourselves of, of, of what we're doing today, what you're doing today, what you're doing in this, in this world through your Bible, um, that we may be able to come to a, a better understanding and, and knowledge of it, uh, that we might 
uh, be able to uh, live a life that's glorifying to you, uh, not just in the ages to come, but we can actually do that today by these truths living in and through us. And uh, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you most of all for Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> now, uh, as we go down through here, there's, some, there's a couple of things that we need to make sure that we pay attention to. All right. The very first thing is notice in verse 7, it says, but contrary wise, right? So that's, that's a big word that some, people's, some people would say, well, I don't know what that word is, so let's forget that and move on. Well, you can't, right? Because what Paul's doing is he's saying, notice in verse 6, he says, but of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me, God accepteth no man's person. For they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me, but contrarywise. So what's that mean? All right. If Paul says they've added nothing to me, but contrarywise means what? I can add something to them, right? On the other hand, hand, right? Um, And it's a contrast type thing, right? You've got that word, but, which tells you what? That something's different. And so he says, they added nothing to me, but contrarywise, when they, notice, saw that the gospel of the, notice, uncircumcision, right? So let's take, let's just take a note of this real quick. Gospel of the uncircumcision. All right. That's, would you consider that? One gospel. Yeah. All right. So then we give, keep on going. It says, but, the, but contrary wise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the, what? As the gospel of the circumcision. All right. Gospel of the circumcision. Was under Peter. Was under Peter, right? Do you see that that is a completely and totally different gospel? Yeah, and two different people are handling it. All right, and you got two different people handling it. Paul says that the first one, the gospel of the uncircumcision, was committed to who? Me. Mm -hmm. How? How was it committed to me? Well, he says, as the gospel of the uncircumcision was unto Peter. So question, how was Paul... How was that gospel of the uncircumcision committed to Paul? Well, if you go back in Galatians chapter 1, notice in verse 11, all right? This, and, and, and you know, you, you think about these things and you kind of go, okay, this, this completely makes sense because that's what the verses say, right? Notice here in Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. He says, But I certify you, brethren... That the gospel which was preached of me, which one of those two was preached of Paul? Uncircumcision. The uncircumcision. That was committed to him. All right, the one that was committed to him, right? See how easy this is? You know, there's, there's a thing sometimes in math class. Uh, I'll teach something, and the kid's like, I don't get it. And so then I explain it to them, and they actually pay attention. They're like, oh, this is easy. I was like, I know it was easy the first time when I said it. You just didn't pay attention. So then all of a sudden they're like, oh, this, this is easy. Math is easy. I like math because it's easy. And I'm like, it's been this way your entire life. That's exactly how Bible study is, 
all right? And that's why I want us to be able to go about it this way to get these basics down so that if somebody comes up to you and says, why do you believe that Paul has a different message? We've got two verses right now that we can go to, right? Right off the bat that we can show them. Now, do we stand up and say, well, what I think is that Paul has a different gospel because um, so-and-so says something or because this, that, and the other? And the answer is no. All right, so you remember the verse that we, t- that we went over just a little bit ago, the verse of the week, right? Hold your place in Galatians. Go over back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Because this is why it's so important for us to be able to think about these things, right? And not just, not just think about them, but to commit them to memory. So that when some, and, and here's the thing. So when you, when you go through these things, you get to the point where it's not, man, what's that verse? Now, sometimes I do that. We all do that where you're like, I know the verse. I can see it on my Bible, right? I know, I know, for instance, Galatians chapter one, verse 11, it's on the left-hand page, left-hand column at the very top of the page. It's the very first verse on that page. But I might think, I have no idea. I can't think of the verse. I know exactly where it is and I know what it says. Yeah. That's why I use a source search. That's yeah. why I got three Bibles. Yeah, <laughs> that's why Bruce has three Bibles. Um, but, but there's a thing, right? You, you know, sometimes you'll think of something and you draw a blank. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you have no clue yeah. where to go. Yeah. Right? And so being able to say, I know some things, but I don't know where to go, that becomes a problem. Right? Because then it's then it falls into notice this in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, right? Verse 4. He says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. What is it? Think about this. The the gospel of Christ is what? It's the power of God unto salvation. The gospel of Christ is, not us, not what we can come up with. You know, there's, there's a whole series out there called apologetics where people try to use man's wisdom to convince people that God exists, that Jesus Christ was, a, was not just a man, but it was God in the flesh, that he died for their sins. Not, and they try to use man's wisdom to show people and say, well, just think about this. If you've got this, 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 and this, and that proves that God exists. Here's the thing. Do you know why we know God exists? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's why we know He exists. We don't need to, we don't, you know, people come along and say, well, prove to me, show me beyond a shadow of a doubt that God exists. Right there's the verse. That's all you need. And so then, you know, you start thinking about that. The movie, the movie that we had up last night was Horton Hears a Who, right? And if you've never watched that or read the book, the, the basis, the, Dr. Seuss, it's probably banned, probably because of the, the, the actual understanding that's going on there. So one of, the, one of the people is telling Horton, if you can't hear it, if you can't feel it, if you can't see it, if you can't touch it, it doesn't exist. Right. And so then... The, the, the undertones to that movie is what? Horton hears a who that's on this speck, that's on this little thing, you know, all that fun stuff. 
And then at the end of the movie, it draws back and you find out that Horton lives on a little speck that's in the space. And really what it is, is it's, it's a message to us saying, just because you don't hear God or see God or feel him or anything like that, doesn't mean he doesn't exist. Right. And so what people do is they go out and they say, well, here's the scientific method. Let's prove that God exists. Rome, uh, Genesis 1.1 proves that he exists. And if you really want to have some proof, Romans chapter 1, 18, 19 tells us, look out in the nature. You look out, some, some person created that out there, right? That's the, that's the main issue behind the gospel, right? So let's go back over to Galatians chapter 1 because we don't want to go about it with man's wisdom and say, well, you know, in, you know, 1843, these people performed an experiment to be able to prove that God exists through these particular scientific methods of study. So there you go. So it's proof. No, what do we need to do? All we need, everything that we need is right here in this book, right? We know that we are completely and totally equipped. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 tells us that, right? Um, we have everything that we need right here in this book. We don't need anything else, all right? So if we look here, notice in Galatians chapter 1, he says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is what? Not after man. Okay, so think about this, because we're, we're answering the question, how is it that, 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 that Paul had this gospel of the uncircumcision committed to him? Right? Because he says, as the gospel of the circumcision was committed to, Paul, to Peter. So it's going to be the same as Peter received. It's going to be the same way, right? Notice, he says, I, it was preached of me is not after man, which means what? Some guy didn't come up with it. So John Nelson Darby did not come up with Paul's unique apostleship. John, John Nelson Darby did not come up with Paul's unique ministry. He didn't come up with right division. All he did is he studied his Bible and found out that that stuff was there. And he questioned some things that he was taught. All right? And what this means is it's not after man. Man did not come up with this gospel. Man did not commit this gospel to Paul. Continue on. Verse 12, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, now you think, all the people that taught Paul as he was growing up, he sat at the feet of Gamaliel, all right? And when you take a look at that, there are people today that still quote him. You ever thought about that? The guy that taught Paul as he was growing up, there are people today that still quote him. Notice, tell us, Paul, how did this happen? But... By the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, who told Paul about the gospel of the uncircumcision? Christ. Christ did. So then, what can we know based on Galatians 2.7? He says, But contrary wise, when they saw that the gospel of the circumcision was committed to me, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, who told Peter about the gospel of the circumcision? All right. Now, to me, that makes sense.
But what happens is, and this is where Bruce can get excited, new Bibles change that word of to two, don't they? So then... And the most successful church in this town is using a different version mm-hmm. of the Bible. Well, and let's put it this way. The, not the most successful. Maybe quote, quote, I'm sorry. No, no, no I, know that, I know what you yeah. meant. And I know what you meant, but go ahead. The, the, the biggest. Yeah. Most popular. The most popular churches in town. Most popular. You know, we'll flat out say there's not two, there's not a P-Train gospel and a Pauline gospel. Because they are using a different version. Mm-hmm. And they are telling absolute flat out lies. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? If you say that there's a gospel to the uncircumcision, gospel to the circumcision, then you have one guy going to a group of people and another guy going to a group of people with the exact same gospel. Those are different. But like I said, the most popular churches in town, they have a Bible that changes that. And since they think that's what they're going to go by, then they say, well, there's one gospel throughout the entire Bible. Well, let's go take a look at something real quick. Go back to Exodus 19, okay? Because I want us to see, I want us to see some things as, as we go through here because this is important, right? One of the things that we've said here lately on, the, on our local TV station is um, you can't just go around saying stuff, all right? And if you do, you need to be held accountable for that. Now, I've said some things in the past that I would disagree with, or I've said some things while misspeaking. But when you, when you teach things over and over again and say things over and over again, that's not by mis, mishap. You know what I mean? It's not by misspeaking. Notice this real quick. And I want you, I want you to see if you can find something here. Tell me, and, and we've not really discussed what it is, the gospel of the uncircumcision has to do with what? That Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, and he rose again the third day, and we got justification because of his resurrection, right? That's what Paul's gospel says, 1 Corinthians 15. We find that also in Romans. Tell me where you find that in Exodus 19, verse 5 and 6. Notice, verse 5. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my commandment, ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a, a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord God commanded him. Did you all see anything in Exodus 19, 5, 6, and 7 that had anything to do with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the salvation of your soul? It's missing from this. Okay. Maybe the new Bibles have it. I don't know. <laughs> well, at least the King James says all the words. Yeah. It didn't say some of the words, right? No, that's true. It's all the words, right? Notice there, what's he say? The, the, the instance here is what's he dealing with? He's dealing with what? I just brought you all out of Egypt. Notice in verse 4. Ye see, ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bare you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. 
Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Now, what's interesting is, do we see the death, burial, and resurrection there in Exodus 19? We don't. What's he say? What's he want them to do? Obey my voice and what? Keep my covenant. Do people say it's there? Has to be. If, 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 the, if the gospel that we're saved by is throughout the entire scriptures, you would have to be able to find it everywhere. Yeah. And we don't. Like right there is one. Now, here's the thing. This is a covenant that God makes with Israel after they come out of Egypt, right? And so then this is a little bit different. Well, question. What about, it's in the Gospels then at least, right? So let's go check this out. Matthew, let's go to Matthew chapter 19 real quick. Matthew 19. Good to see you, yeah, by the way. Likewise. I didn't want to ignore <laughs> you. No, you're good, you're good. No, you're good. Live, live's good. That, that, that's what happens when live happens, right? right. It's, it, it's okay. Um, so Matthew 19. Uh, let's take a look at this real quick. Um, let's start off in verse 13 real quick. All right. Matthew chapter 19. Uh, we'll start off in verse 13. Um, also, I just thought about this. By the way, this 30 minutes thing. I knew it. I knew it all along. It, it might it might happen still. I said thirty to thirty-five, so it's okay. Thanks, Bruce. I appreciate that. Um, well, let's not. We'll, we'll, we won't we won't go back there. I know. Matthew chapter nineteen, verse thirteen. Then were there brought unto him little children and, and that, that, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And, and he laid his hands on them and departed thence. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So what's, what's, what's the question here? What do I need to do to have eternal life? First of all, there has to be some information here that this person knows that there is eternal life to actually hold, right? To have. And he says that I may have eternal life. What do I need to do to have eternal life? Which he's just got through saying the kingdom of, of heaven is what, these, what the issue is. So eternal life for them is what? The kingdom of heaven. John tells us, or John tells us what? That eternal life is what? Knowing God. That's what eternal life is. Notice, <clears throat> he says, verse 17, And he said unto, the, unto him, Why callest me thou good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, what? Believe in the death, burial, and resurrection that it's going to take place sometime soon. Is that what he says? What, what does Jesus Christ tell this young man in order for him to enter into life, that's eternal life, enter there into that kingdom, what, what does he have to do? Keep 
Keep the commandments. Are you going to go to the people on the cross? No. Okay. We could, though. So how does that come into play? Well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Um, I, I hadn't planned on it, but we might not be able to today. But okay. We'll get there. That yeah, we'll, we'll get to that, though. That's a good question. Verse 18. He saith unto him, which? All right, so what's he saying? Which the commandments? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt commit no adultery, or shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. What's he quoting there? The Ten Commandments. Who were the Ten Commandments given to? Moses. Right? Did we just read back there? And, and, and God tells, tells, tells Moses, says, Go and tell the children, that, or tell Israel, the things that, that I, all the words that I said, what did he give them? The commandments. So is Jesus Christ teaching the same thing that God told Moses in Exodus? Go tell the people, keep the law. He is. So is that gospel in Exodus the same gospel that we have here? There is a, there is a similarity there, right? But notice, and you know, we talked about this. We're going through it on Monday nights, going through Matthew chapter 5, and we talk about how Christ doesn't change the law. What he does is he magnifies it and intensifies it and says it's a hard issue. And that has always been the problem with the nation of Israel and even today with, with most, most folks today. Notice in verse 20. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth. What lack I yet? Is there anything else? I've done all this. I've checked off every one of the boxes. All 10 of them, I did them. All, all 600 of them, 613, I did, I did them. Notice, Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all, or go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. By the way, does that say that a rich man won't enter into the kingdom of heaven? He says it'll hardly, right? It's still a possibility. And notice, And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, did you all see the, uh, I don't know if you all pay attention to Babylon B as much as I do, but Babylon B had a, a thing last week about uh, Joel Osteen's yacht. Said he found this real tiny yacht that'll actually go through the eye of a needle. So Joel I was like, about that on Yeah, <laughs> so... You know, anyway, that, that's a side note. But here's the thing. He, what, what Christ is talking about here is he's talking about this, go, this, this gospel that, that has to do with the kingdom, which is to who? Well, Exodus told us that it's for who? Israel. Who's Israel in the Bible? The circumcision. Right? There's a, there's a distinction between those two when you, go to, when you go to Ephesians chapter 2, Paul lays out and says there is a group of people called the circumcision and a group of people called the uncircumcision. And they're different. And God does away with that difference after the cross with this new information that he gives to Paul. But here's the thing. What's this good news in, in, in Matthew 19? What do you have to do to get eternal life? What do you have to do to inherit life? What do you have to do to get into that kingdom of heaven? 
Do all the commandments and what? Sell what you have. Anywhere in there do you see trust exclusively in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ? We don't see it there, right? Notice, go back over, go over to, uh, go over to Luke chapter 3 real quick. <clears throat> What else is, is included in this? And we, we've got, there's other ways we can go about doing this, but this one's, this one's another way to do it. Um, I just want to show you all some of these things. Notice in Luke 3.3, 3, he's, to, to, he's talking about, it's really we're dealing with the, with the, with the uh, ministry of John the Baptist here. Notice in verse 3, and it says, And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of, uh, of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his, make his paths straight. And he goes on down through there. Um, what else do we have here? What else is... And, and by the way, is baptism added in Matthew? No, baptism was part of that, that, that ministry back there, even with Moses. That was part of it. That was that was part to set that was to set Israel aside as a as a peculiar people. You had that you had that washing, right? That 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 was going to take place. So it's not like it's some new thing. It was still part of that Old Testament. But again, what do we see here? Does 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 John the Baptist show up and say Jesus Christ is going to go to a cross, die for your sins, be buried? And raised again the third day for your justification. All right. Well, so we got to be careful when we look at these things, right? What was your question? I'm just saying, Ephesians obviously explains that, that why you don't find it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. And that's, that's why it's got to be, that's why we got to take a look at these things, right? Um, let's go over to, well, if you go look at, at uh, Luke eighteen or Mark, yeah, Luke eighteen eighteen um, through twenty two. It's the same thing. We've got the 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 rich young ruler there, but he does the exact same thing. Go over to John chapter three for time's sake. John chapter three, verse thirty five. Notice the Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into His hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now, one of the things that, that, that the nation of Israel was told in the Old Testament was what? You're going to have a Messiah come. You're going to have Christ will come. And they were given signs upon signs upon signs, which is what our next session is going to be about. He says there were signs that were given over and over again so that when you see these things happening, you can say, that's our Messiah. And we believe that he has come. And he's got this message that talks about the fact that we have to keep all the commandments, sell what we have, and be baptized. Again... One of the things that's, that's really scary is when we take things that we find... Think about this. 
You go into work on Monday and your boss says, I want you to fill out this paperwork, okay? Wednesday comes around and says, okay, what I gave you on Monday, don't do that. Here's this paperwork instead. Turn it in by Friday. Friday comes and you said, well, I don't have the second one done. I do have the first one done, so I'm going to turn the first one in. Will he accept that work? No, because he said, don't do it now. I wanted the Wednesday thing that I gave you. I said, scrap Monday, nix it, hand in Wednesday stuff. That's the same kind of thing that we have here. But do you say, when you get over there and you see, you see in, well, I won't do that. But that, that's kind of the idea that I want us to be able to think about this, right? Uh, one of the other analogies that I've, I've heard over the past few years that I really liked is um, if you play football in college, right, you catch a pass. In college, you have to get one foot down in bounds, and it's a completed pass. In the NFL, you have to get two feet down. Well, if you're playing on Sunday and you go up and you catch a pass and you get one foot down, you're out of bounds, and the referee says you were out of bounds, you said, yeah, but I was in bounds in college, so I should be in bounds now today. That doesn't work that way, does it? So we've got different instructions and things like that. That's why it's important for us to know these things. So you're talking about Ephesians, right? Let's go over to Ephesians real quick. <clears throat> And again, the, these basic things that we should kind of remind ourselves at all times should be in the forefront of our mind, or at least right there, right? <clears throat> and I know we've not gone over, there's a couple other things that I want to go over, but notice here in Ephesians chapter 3, like I said, this may take us a while, especially if we're only doing 30, 35 minutes. Notice in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, notice, which is what? Given me. Given me. Isn't that the same thing as that was committed unto me in Galatians 2? Yeah. Notice, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation, doesn't that remind us of Galatians chapter 1? That, that it was by revelation of Jesus Christ. He made known unto me the what? Mystery. Mystery. As I wrote afore a few, in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. Question. If it was revealed to Paul, could Peter have known about it? No. No. People who say it's all the same, how do they? They don't deal with that verse. They don't. I mean, we we've we I've dealt with some folks with this before, and they've they've got you know they they send out their their little booklets and said you know here's what you're going to teach in whatever church, and one of them goes from Ephesians chapter two to to Ephesians chapter four. They completely skip chapter three. Like the booklet that they sent out just completely skipped it. You know, when, when, when Peter says that there are things in Paul's writings that are hard to be understood, that's why, because we want to make things that are different the same. Sesame Street taught us that, two thing, that one thing is not like another. You have to know that they're different. And you can't make them the same. 
And so when you look at this, he says what? Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is what? Now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs unto the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the what? Which gospel, Paul? The one that we read about in Exodus? The one we read about in Matthew 19? What about in Acts chapter 2? We didn't get to talk about that one. We will. But we didn't get to talk about that one. What about in Acts chapter 2? It's the what? It's the gospel that was committed to Paul. That's what he's talking about. And the reason we know that is because He's the one telling us this, all right? So when we, when we take a look at these things, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that I want us to be able to go through, and, you know, just for time's sake, we won't do that. <clears throat> but this is, so this will be part one of uh, back to the basics, all right? Because what happens is, is sometimes we get so far away from the basics that we forget those basics. And so what I'd like us to be able to do is, remind ourselves you know we've been through such a journey with titus over the past year or so let's get back to the basics and just remind ourselves of of what we have so that we can have an answer for somebody that asks us well what do you think about and it's not well let me go let me go get my notebook but you can say well well, I know in Galatians chapter 2, we've got two gospels. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, we know that Paul was committed to a gospel to him. In Ephesians chapter 3, and we can talk about this, and we can go to Exodus 19. We can talk about um, Matthew 19. We can, we can take people to places and show them in the Scriptures because the Scriptures should always be the issue, right? All right. Um, so I'm going to...